The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his apostles, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives only a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who drink because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. The Gospel of the Lord. Um, I've mentioned this at other times, uh, but um, it's one of those things that I think needs to be repeated again and again and again and again because we constantly forget it, is that we become really used to the Scriptures. We become really used to it, so much so that when we hear the Gospel, when we hear the Scriptures, we're just like, yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Okay, yeah, that makes, maybe, maybe it even says, oh, it makes sense. Uh, maybe we ask some good questions, but a lot of the times... It doesn't surprise us, right? It doesn't surprise us because we've heard it before. And so when we hear it again, it's, yep, that makes sense. Maybe it kind of makes a little bit of sense. Um, But to understand the Scripture a little bit more, we need to also think of the context when it was first heard. And I think about the first people that heard Jesus say this. Even His own apostles who maybe heard Jesus say other things like it, were like, whoa, 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 what, what are you saying? Did you, and for us, we assume so many other things. We know that Jesus is God. We know that Jesus is going to suffer and die and rise again. We know that he conquers sin, right? We know all of those things. But the people who heard this for the first time didn't know that. They knew that Jesus was important. They knew that he was a prophet, but didn't quite uh, understand it all yet. And so I think about in that context, think about somebody who you really respect, right? Says, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoa. Whoa. That's, I don't know about you, but, but uh, that's pretty narcissistic, right? It's pretty arrogant. Pretty self-referential, right? You can't even, you've got you've to love me more than you love your own mother and father? Now, for a man to say that, right, there's a problem, right? And for a lot of people, 
they understood Jesus only as a prophet, right? And so this would have been a very blasphemous statement. Now it goes even further, right? Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Now just let that sink in. This really, you know, we've heard this before so many times that we don't understand the the power of this statement. This statement makes Jesus either an arrogant, narcissistic man, or he's God. Because if he's not God, this statement is not very good. Right? Because God himself, right? One of his commandments, right? Honor your father and mother. And this seems to contradict that, right? Now, it doesn't actually contradict it. I mean, there's still, there's the complexity of it. You still honor your father and mother. But you need to honor your father and mother partly by loving Jesus more than uh, more than them, which seems like a contradiction, but actually is able to then fully love them if you fully love Jesus um, in the midst of it all. But it turns things on its head. And for a lot of us, we just take this as granted. Well, of course that's the case. And I just want us to challenge a little bit what our preconceived notions are about Jesus, about Scripture, about everything else. Because the force of Jesus' words turns things upside down of what we assume and what we sometimes perceive. What Jesus is trying to get here, right, is not just Either we can, it's, it's different than every other religion, different than every other prophet, because no other prophet, no other religion has, you know, Muhammad and, and Buddha, never, they weren't self-referential. Jesus is self-referential here, right? Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Now that statement makes perfect sense if we say, whoever loves father or mother more than God is not worthy of God, but it doesn't make sense as a human being. And so we see Jesus' divinity, necessity. Otherwise, he's just a narcissist, and we shouldn't follow him, right? Or he is God. Now, for ourselves in our life today, how does this play out? Well, I think uh, there's, a, there's a, a phrase, maybe not a phrase, but a statement, uh, a plaque, a, a board, or sometimes they have it up on walls. You know, you can get, like, stickers that have it. And there's... Uh, because I, I see it all over the place at, 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 at different people's houses and stuff, but it says at faith, family, friends, right? You guys have all seen that, right, before? Maybe a lot of you have it in your house, which is a great thing to remind us. I know my mom put it at the front door, I think, uh, at one of our houses, you know, faith, family, friends. And it's a great statement, right? It really puts things in context, faith, family, friends. The unfortunate part is sometimes I just have to chuckle, maybe not chuckle, but maybe my heart hurts a little bit when I see people who have that and yet everything in their life, their values, their beliefs, their choices speak otherwise. Right? 
I see people who have that, who say faith. Yeah, faith, faith is first. But I just don't have any time on Sunday to go to Mass. Faith is number one, but, you know, I'm just too busy and I can never quite find time to pray. Yeah, faith is number one, but my family was visiting this weekend, so I, I didn't want to leave them and go to Mass because I knew that they wouldn't go to Mass. And so, I mean, faith is number one, but I didn't want my family to feel uncomfortable. Faith is number one, but my friends were doing this, and I I really wanted to go spend time with them, and so I wasn't able to pray. Well, not, again, a lot of the times those things aren't in complete contradiction, but I just question, where does faith land in that? Is faith number one? Are you following Jesus' statement? Whoever or are you loving father and mother, son and daughter, more than Jesus? I think about it in my own life, one uh, experience that I had of kind of conversion in this was uh, in high school, I had a very strange friend group uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, but one of the things that we would do is, is we would actually discuss politics. So we were really involved in politics, not like campaigning or anything, uh, but we were really involved in like talking about economic policy, foreign policy, and about elections and stuff. Um, and all of us went to different colleges. We, we didn't really keep in contact that close. But we all grew up Catholic at the Catholic school, and then in high school, you know, we had kind of this group that would talk about politics a lot. And it's interesting, uh, most of the three of us, three, three out of the five of us kind of, um, all experienced a deeper conversion to Catholicism. And we all experienced a certain moment, because we talked about this later, where we had to start thinking, was our understanding of politics, what we thought about our nation, and what we thought about uh, different beliefs and values, was it more formed by a political party or by Catholicism? Was it by what the church taught or was it what we heard other people tell us? Was it a political party or was it God? And all of us experience a type of conversion and change to be able to say, oh, shoot. I'm not putting God number one here in this part of my life. I'm accepting the world's values and beliefs and not God's values and beliefs. And it's important for us to realize that no political party will ever completely fit us as Catholics. And that's just fine. But to recognize that what is our greater value? Is it our family and friends, our political party, our values that we grew up with, or is it God? And for a lot of us, and what the world kind of says is that the church's values and teachings are so stagnant and just kind of stuck in the past, they're just stuck with tradition. But actually what I found with the church's teaching is, is that it's incredibly dynamic. It's not stuck in the past and just, well, this is what we've always believed, so we, you know, continue to do it. 
but is incredibly dynamic in its faithfulness to, to God and its application in trying to explain it and trying to present it anew to the modern world. I find often the criticism of the church teaching is not an understanding of the church teaching, but is instead a simplification of the church teaching. Well, the church just teaches against this, or it says this, and I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Well, have you, have you looked into it more? Have you been formed by it, or are you just making an assumption? What, where do your values and actions come from? Where do your priorities come from? The gospel and Jesus Christ comes to challenge us in every single aspect of our life. And he says that not a single thing can come before him. Not a single thing can come before him. And I'm not saying that it's easy. Even myself as a priest, it's incredibly difficult, right? We look at the saints, and even the saints, even though that we know that they're, they're saints and they're in heaven, and they you know, live the super holy life, right? Even we see within their lives the challenge of the gospel. But the question is, and what I'd like to say is that we started out initially, is we often hear the gospel, and we often hear Jesus' message, and we say, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've heard that. I'm already over it. Or, I'm doing good enough. And I just want to challenge us today to say, not that you're not doing good, not that you're making, not, not that you're making bad choices in your life, but... Jesus wants to give you life. He wants to give you so much more. And we look at it and we say, well, if I give anything more to God, if I give anything more to Jesus, I'm going to lose myself. Right? I'm going to lose what I know. I'm going to lose the things, my friends, my family. I'm going to lose my values. I'm going to lose what I understand. And Jesus says, yeah, you are. You're going to lose everything. You're going to lose your life. But if you lose your life for my sake, you will find it. And I hope that some of you have experienced that. I know I've experienced it in my life. Not that, again, life, the Christian life is a constant battle of conversion. Uh, one priest has put it, you know, like when we enter seminary, when the priests or seminarians enter seminary, we give our life to, to Jesus. And then we take, and then we, the rest of our lives, we're trying to take it back. You know, it's like, it's like, it's not once you give it, then you're good. It's like you're constantly drawn to kind of low and earthly things, constantly driven to that. And so it's not like as if once we do it, then we're good. Oh, I'm perfect. I'm good to go. Right? It's a constant conversion. And so for all of us, I hope that you've experienced to a certain degree where you have laid down your life and where you've found Jesus giving you joy, giving you life, giving where you find life in the midst of laying it down for Him. But if you haven't, I want to challenge you to try it, right? What kind of ways do you lay down your life for Jesus? Do you place Him number one? I hope that all of us cannot just have a sign that says faith, family, 
friends, but have a life that's faith, family, friends. And that's why we're here today, to ask for that grace, to be able to really choose Jesus as number one, to be able to lay down our lives for him, and to find our life in this paradox of the Christian life.